Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! Hey, everybody. It's your old boy, DK. Got a new hot podcast here. Chef Ted stops by for a little sit down to give us an update on what's been happening. Chef Ted, the uh, culinary extraordinaire locally, he uh, travels to you when there's no pandemic going around. But since there's the pandemic, he's had to uh, call an audible. We got into that with him and uh, a little more about what he's been doing. Um, a great service he provides. They, uh, he's an amazing chef and they'll cook the meals and drop them off at your doorstep. All you got to do is heat it and eat it. It's the greatest program ever. And I do find out in the podcast that his meals come with a dessert. My favorite thing in the world. Boy, I got to tell you, uh, when you know a, when you know a chef, uh, all things are good when it comes to, to food because, uh, boy, he can cook. It's a great story. It's a great uh, podcast. So hopefully you enjoy it and you learn a little more about uh, what options are out there in the culinary world coming to you. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Chef Ted. Welcome to the DK Project, episode 80. Guess who's stopping by today? It's Chef Ted. How you doing, buddy? Great. Great to be here. He's uh, He's been working on a new plan because the old plan, out the door. Stupid pandemic. Are you, uh, are you finding yourself uh, doing things new? I mean, obviously, you had to change gears, man. Tell us, uh, tell us what's been happening. Well, all a lot of the parties canceled, and because um, really that's yep. your that's your spot, right? That's your sweet spot. Is you you do big parties, although you do yeah. corporate lunches, corporate dinners. Yeah, we do a lot of. Um, let's say uh, you have a group of people um, from a company in town, and you don't want to go out to a restaurant. We'll do sit down dinner at their home. A little bit closer. They'll we'll do a sit down dinner at their home, and they'll. Um, and you're doing everything. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, you bring all we'll, the shit, or do you use their shit? Well, a lot of times they have uh, really good wines in their cellar. Um, we can, yeah. And they, you know, they look for a reason to bring them out and either we pair the food to the wine. And so do you get or, the pick? Uh, well, they'll maybe tell me what kind of wine they have and I'll pick a menu based around it. Or, so do you have repeat people that you're doing this all the time? Yeah. If they, I mean, you go out to a restaurant with a group of people, if they don't have a back room that you can conduct business, um, you know, and be quiet. A lot of these restaurants, well, I mean, back in the day, right. Yeah. Um, when you could leave the house, <laughs> they, uh, you know, it, you'd have to have a party room to actually have a conversation because it's so loud. But, you know, uh, and you get people that come in from out of town. It's just easier to coordinate to have them to your house. And so are these guys nice getting function. into cigars and the whole bit? Are you uh, some shit? I haven't, I haven't like seen a lot of witnessing cig- big things. <sighs> no, I mean, you know, I'm in the back a lot as servers see more than or hear more than I do, but it's, you know, they're making business deals and um, they'll uh, cigars, not so much, maybe like, eight, nine years ago, but I think I've seen more and more people coming back to him with this whole pandemic. So I had a client that uh, I saw not too long ago and he was back to smoking more cigars. So I could only imagine, I, I, you know, I think it's obviously we've talked about it a million times. I think it's complicated a lot of businesses, but yours, I mean, obviously, how did you get into this? I mean, obviously, uh, take us back. Now you're an Orono brat, which we're going to allow, <laughs> but I'm not big on it. I live in Mountain. We'll now. look the other way. Yeah. And yeah. now you're, now you're one of us, but how do you, how do you, uh, how do you get into this business? Like you see so much right now with, 
with the culinary world with like, God, I just saw, um, what's his name? Crazy hair. Uh, guy Fieri. Yeah. Fieri. And, uh, he was on Burt Kreischer's podcast. Holy shit. That guy's crazy. <laughs> Number one, I think he might have a pretty good case of ADD. Yes. But he is just a mover and a shaker. Like he, Bert's telling about this thing that he does on, uh, whatever network. And it's, it's like a, a show it's called something's burning and it's actually funny as hell, but it would never make it on network TV. Cause it's pretty, pretty explicit. But, um, you know, guys like, let's talk about it. Let's get it out there. You know, like, like he's just, yeah, a, just a can do guy, which was awesome. But how do you go from being an Orno kid <laughs> to getting into the culinary world? Like, how do you, like, was that your first choice? Like you knew right away? Well, uh, not sort of, um, I guess my first room, experience was uh you know i grew up uh only child and i get home from school hungry and my parents were both working so i would look in the cupboard and see what we had and you know back then they didn't have all the preservative meals you could just pop in the oven or you know i, I think it was even before microwaves at you the had time. to make your own shit <laughs> so i i, I got a hold of my mom end of orno <laughs> yeah we were <laughs> the back end yeah we were on the uh the outskirts and then um so we uh i would just grab my mom's cookbook. I think it was a Betty Crocker cookbook at the time. And I'd look in the, I'd look in the pantry and see what we had and really, and just kind of make stuff there. But uh, my first job experience was actually, uh, dishwashing at a place in, um, Long Lake called, um, Eddie's malt shop. They, it was a great old fifties hamburger malt shop kind of theme. You know where the Toro dealership is in? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There used to be a restaurant Carbonis there. is up that way now. They but it's, yeah, it's a little, a little off. Really? There. Yeah. Wasn't a drive-in. It was just a malt shop. It was shop. just a malt shop. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had the old school player in there and the, I don't know, you know, all the themes. What was that? Thing. Like when, when did it go away? Uh, it was probably like, I mean, in its heyday, it was probably 80, 85, 84. Because I graduated from Orno in 90. So... It was, I did. I've never heard of it. I didn't know. Yeah, that was. I was about fifteen when I was doing dishes there. So you never left. Uh, no. Well, I, I did. Well, my after uh, I went to Orno and I found out you could leave half days junior and senior year if you if you wanted to take a vocational job. Oh right. So I went to Votech half days, and most people just blow it off to get out of school. Well, I actually. That's what I did. <laughs> I did it. Uh, I did it to. Um, I did it to go to to go learn how to cook. And, um, I, I, you know, the malt shop was great. Um, it was my only, uh, once I got that first paycheck, I was hooked, Hell you yeah. know? So beyond cooking, it was more about, well, mom and dad won't buy me this or that. And so, so were you, were you, you know, sports or nothing? You just went right to working. Uh, I quit sports for working and, and luckily, and I think back, I wish I wouldn't have, but you know what, I'm doing the same job that I was doing back then, you know, same career that I chose to do for the rest of my life. So not many people can say that they get God. caught, in, they get caught into a, a job that they don't. So you just knew that was it. Yeah, pretty much. And then I, and then I knew at an early age too, even after I went to the vocational school, I finished that the year after high school, just to get it, you know, I already had two years invested with high school. And so then I uh, finished the next year at North Hennepin Tech. And then I went to, um, the Culinary Institute in Hyde Park, New York yeah. for two years. And, really? And, yep. And so, uh, so when you're doing the Culinary Institute, are we talking about regular classes or are you just cooking food all the time? I mean, did you have to take math? 
Yeah, they uh, they have culinary math. Uh, they have culinary French. I mean, they have regular. Is that cl- like cups and gallons and quarts? Yeah, you got to break it all down. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's actually you know I mean it's um you know when you're dealing with dollars and then you deal with hundreds of people, an error can cost a lot of money. Yeah, you that's know. True. So you know that's you got true. some somebody who doesn't know how to do their their you know, multiplications. And so do you, so. do they teach you like the business side of it too? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so when you def- come out of there, you're restaurant ready? Pretty much. I mean, you know, uh, it's all relative with how much people adhered to it. So. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, I've, I felt pretty. You so know, were you right in Manhattan? Uh, no, no, they're North. Um, they're in, a. uh, uh, Poughkeepsie is oh. a, it's the last stop on the Metro North out of New York City. Damn. So like, well, maybe extended now, but um, we used to go down in the city when we weren't, you know, on the weekend once in a while. But we had one friend who lived in Brooklyn, so he knew how to show us around. But hey. yeah, he uh, he they used to get the Brooklyn <laughs> chicks. <laughs> so yeah, no, we uh, but we worked a lot of weekends. Um, you know, just so to are make you working money. in a restaurant then? Because the Culinary Institute has a restaurant, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, we work at four restaurants. They probably have more now, but you work those restaurants through your. Because I think they're when I was in Napa, they had they they the French Laundry or something was called right. No? Yeah, the Napa they picked up for their extended wine program, um, and extending and their. So they teach uh, you all that shit too, ed. like wine, like yeah. We had a six week wine class, which I mean, if you're not doing it every year and all the time, it's a lot to keep up on well, because. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Somali, you, <laughs> I have to think about that. They take it to a whole nother level. It's, there's a reason they have uh, so so many A's. Well, that's and, blown up so ridiculously since, yep. you know, you probably went to school. Like, wine is a big deal. Yeah. It, and so is beer, I guess. Now they, you know, yeah, so we trendy. Would, yeah, we had a class that was six weeks, and every day we would try six different wines. Woo. And they would just do them from different regions and different places. We're just getting ripped all day in class? <laughs> well, a funny story about that is the kids day, are going to go to the culinary the, the day we had champagne was the same day we did our pictures for uh, our class. <laughs> oh, <laughs> everyone thought, they plan that? <laughs> everyone thought they were looking pretty good, but Loosen they, up. <laughs> yeah, little pockets Looks under like your a eyes. National Lampoon uh, <laughs> vacation picture. <laughs> yeah. So when you get done there, how do you, how do you, did you go to a restaurant then? Did you, have you ever owned a restaurant? I've never owned a restaurant. Um, I've worked for uh, do you remember back in the day when uh, Grazi was in Wyzetta? No. Okay. Do you know the strip mall off of 394 where they have the bait shop yeah. and there's a little Indian place? Ugaharas yeah, yeah. There. That used to be an uh, uh, Italian restaurant called Grazi. And oh. I worked, I was a sous chef there and it was hot. It was a hot spot in the time. Um, but they had like 12 owners and too many, I mean, they paid dirt cheap rent, but they had a, they had a really good um, really? revenue. Yeah. That Bukahara's, that's they, a ticket. They, they do pretty good. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't been in there. But. I, I, I don't go there that often, but I've been there a couple of times. It's. Yeah. It's solid. It's real a real solid. deal. Well, they've been in business for a long time. I got to imagine they've. Well, that's home. not a great location. It's not very accessible. No, but if you do the right thing, people will come. They'll come. I know yeah. I was there one time with a group and uh, the guy's like, hey, give them the pepper. And they brought out this one pepper and set it on the table and <laughs> just sitting near it, I was sweating. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking, but. Well, you know, I'm into my hot peppers. I've, yeah. yeah. I've grown them. And, um, so, so uh, uh, oh yeah. You got a crop this year? I'm going to take a break. I, oh, you know, there's, they're in the freezer. I got so many in the freezer. They're You're just, over peppered. I'm over. I think I want to do pickles. Really? I yeah. Got a pickle thing. Okay. But when uh, do you do pickles? Uh, 
whenever. I like refrigerator pickles. Grazie. I mean, like I, the, the kind you can just store in the fridge for at least two, three weeks or something. Those are probably. What are the ones you can? I don't want to get, I, I don't really like getting into canning. That's a whole, you got to make uh, sure it's clean. And I got a buddy who does them. Yeah. And he like puts all of them in the wash machine. Oh, to, to clean them? To clean them, yeah. I'm like, damn. Yeah. outside the box. Yeah. Anytime, if anybody, somebody ever brings something out of their pantry and says it's, they canned it themselves, I'm a little like. <laughs> you got to sign a waiver. Sign a waiver. You got to sign the waiver. So yeah. Check, I, check for a bulging top. I always wanted to, because I, I don't know what it is. I got a little pickle addiction right now. It's just weird as hell. Well, my favorite pickle uh, with a little kick is the Claussens, the refrigerated Claussens with the pepper uh the, they're hot and spicy in them sure yeah. i didn't know yeah. clausen did it what do i well, i get the famous dave's ones are kind of, those are so sweet sugar in i don't like the sugar like sticky to eat no i'm a, a I'm, bunch of shit. I'm a i'm a salty vinegar type of so you um so then you you're like grazie i just feel bad even saying that i mean don't you need to put some italian boost in that grazie <laughs> Grazie. Maybe that's yeah. why they didn't make it, huh? No, no, they uh, they they made it, and then they expanded it to another place in Wyzetta with higher rent. Oh, and they just—it was a different theme, and they just down yeah. goes yeah. for Chichis. Used to be right there. Yeah, that wasn't far <laughs> from Chichis. Yeah, coming up the Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, so then what? So then what? Now you now you're going on your own. Well, so I left. Uh, you know, I basically when I left um, the Culinary Institute, I came back here, worked at Grazie. Uh, I always had a, uh, it in my head to go to Chicago and work in a nice restaurant in Chicago. So uh, something opened up in Chicago and I worked at a place called Trio. And it was uh, at the time Charlie Trotter had his place and Trio was in Evanston. And I worked at uh, Trio for a little bit, but I always had um, a talking uh, a, a shoe in with this guy who was starting um, working in homes with families for meals. But his thing was healthy meals. Really? And, and uh, he had a cookbook. And he wanted me to follow his recipes, which isn't my thing. And it was funny because um, I did a photo shoot in the Chicago Tribune doing one of his meals. And after that, I had enough clients all over Chicago to keep busy. So I left Trio oh. and started working privately in people's homes. So you went right from that to the private. Yep. And then once I got into the private, I haven't left. Um, Damn. So it's... Uh, you know, I, before Until that, I worked in- the pandemic hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That was always my one example. Now part-time and at the queue. <laughs> they, uh, uh, so, so how did you then shift that? I mean, because once you start building a base in Chicago, yeah. how do you shift that to here? Well, I had to make a, I had to make a decision. I was working for him and, uh, and it was, I built up these relationships with these clients. I got to say that somewhere in Naperville, somewhere in Evanston, you're, I was running all over and you had to time the traffic in Chicago as you know, and oh, right. is you got to time your day out. You know, Damn. it's one thing to go from A to B once a day, but to have to run around town is, it's a lot of work. And so, um, I didn't mind it. I lived on like 4,200 Ashland. So it's kind of central based in the city, not far from Wrigley. Shaking my head like that means something. To me. <laughs> well, anyway, it's 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 a decent location. What are you so thinking, like, in Ashland? That's a good address. <laughs> it, it wasn't so good back then. <laughs> it's better now. <laughs> nice. And so, uh, but uh, yeah. So I. So how long did you do it there before you came here? That was about a good eight months, and then I. Well, that's it. I, well, oh, yeah, so you, yeah. Okay. I built it up real quick. Once it once it hit the Chicago Tribune, it was like. So that's the ticket. I mean, it was the guy Newspaper. knew it too. But once I started. Uh, working for these people, I'd make these healthy meals the way he wanted me to. And so many of my clients were like, 
hey, we're, you know, you can just start making. It's more about the convenience here. So you <laughs> go f- feel free and sauce it up, <laughs> sauce it up, and hell yeah, and, and do your own thing. You know, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to tell you this is what. We, so I got more input from them on what their family likes, and then I started. And the the guy I was working for, he didn't care. He he just collected the yeah. As long as the check comes <laughs> in, he didn't care. He he just collected the check. So wow, so, that's crazy. I um. So anyway, at yeah, at, at the end of the um. I had to make a decision. He was either going to stay there. I asked my wife, uh, we weren't married at the time, if uh, she she said, well, should I come down there and check it out and maybe live down there and do teaching? And I said, you know what? I really miss Lake Minnetonka area. I, I grew up there. I could probably come back and make a couple phone calls start. And so I started, I came back and started my own business right away. And damn, it, how long's that been? Uh, it was the fall of 1996. Jeez. So, yeah. Wow, you got right on it. Yeah, well, you know, when you don't have anything to lose, you jump That's in. That's hardcore. <laughs> wow, so you've been doing the Chef Ted since then. Yeah, 1996, wow. yep. So you got a huge client base then. I do, yep. That's and, awesome. You know, a lot of them are very uh, private and they, you know. When there's re- no pandemic. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I that's the thing they like. I, I go to their home and, you know, I'm not out there advertising and, you know, there's only so much you can handle. And so for me in these new times of working privately and doing parties for people, that all stopped. The parties, nobody wanted to have anybody over. Did that stop immediately? I mean, you had to immediately, out. Immediately. And everything booked out canceled. <sighs> and that's, you know, and that's the bonus was I wasn't considered one of the businesses that could be shut down. So I had, because my kitchen is, a, nobody comes to my kitchen. Right. I, um, so I was like, well, what, you know, I need to promote you know, doing family meals, but I can't promote it to like the same as my higher end clients. Cause I don't want to limit, you know, right. I want to make it available to more people. Right. But yet I got, I got to make it worth my time. And, you know, it's still individual, it's sort of, it's, it's running around and like, uh, the, the, you, the logistic, I so, deliver the food. So, so now, so now with the pandemic, you've switched it to where you're doing like meals like a blue apron, but you're you're local and fresh. Yeah, but this is done and ready to either put in the oven or microwave. I mean, it's um, just heat it. Yeah, it's just heat it and eat. So you're preparing yep. individual meals. Yep, and then you're delivering them. It's three meals. There's a salad for that last couple of days. There's three meals with sides appropriate, unless the sides uh, unless it's a one pot dish, which sometimes we'll throw like a biscuit or you know some sort of bakery with it. Sure, sure. And then we have a dessert that we do that my sister comes up my my sister is chef melody and she comes up with great desserts and she's our resident dessert pusher ted brought some scones in for me today i took a little sample i'm I'm, they're uh blue trying to be good they're blueberry coconut scones which we actually made them with a a sugar substitute which is a like a stevia do you do a lot of that where people are like "Eh, can't have sugar can't have well the client we made these for uh that we had a couple extra um you know, she just wants to lower sugar, yeah. you know, and people with, um, people with diabetes, they got to look out for that. There's a lot of sugar substitutes that people can use that won't raise their blood sugar level. And it, it, they still can have a lot more sweets in there. Do you think that, uh, that once the pandemic's over, which is going to be soon, do you think you'll continue to do this? I think I will. Um, the way we have it set up now, it's, it won't interfere. I don't think with, um, parties coming back because, I have a lot of my weekends open now, you know, yeah. before I was working all my weekends. So we put out the menu on Thursday, usually for the following delivery Tuesday. 
And so it gives people time to think about it, mill it over. And, you know, um, it's been pretty steady. I mean, it's it's been good. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm just trying to pay the bills now. And well, and you're just doing Facebook, right? Yeah, Facebook. People that bash Facebook, it's been really a great tool for these businesses like me to, to get, get, get out reach. there. It's a good reach. Yeah, and, you know, and before sure. I was only using it for basically... Here's pictures of my kids for yeah. my relatives and, you know, oh, there's like people that. out there that are, uh, <laughs> it gets frustrating at times, but I'm sure the, uh, the mention on the podcast is probably what's putting you over the top. It, exactly. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the commercial work, that's the ticket. I graduated, uh, I went to school with, um, Stephanie March, who's a writer for the, uh, Minneapolis St. Paul magazine. Oh, okay. And she gave me a, uh, write up, uh, in her, one of her last. Oh, nice. Deals. So that was nice. Yeah. That's like, uh, that's like one of the, like, I just heard that they're getting rid of the Lakeshore Weekly News. Are they? It's yeah. not going, you know, but uh, what a dumb concept. We're going to mail this out to you for free. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Thanks. Ed. Whole- and, and I got to say that I've advertised and stuff like that and it's great. It's, it's fine and everything, but to pay money for it, a lot of people skip over it. They don't. Well, and that's the whole thing. I, I you know, I used to have an insurance agency and, and you'd advertise everywhere. Yeah. And unless it's, you know, unless you happen to get them on the day they're pissed at their agent and, and they happen through the paper or the magazine to see you, nothing. It's yeah. word of mouth. The thing in the same, uh, in the Minneapolis St. Paul magazine, that actually has really good um, uh, viewership. I mean, you really get a lot of traction out of that. Well, yeah, I talked to her um, via, you know, typing. We didn't talk in person, but she, uh, I Who said, talks in person? <laughs> I know, does that? I never thought I was going to text <laughs> until I started texting. And then oh. it's like, look out. <laughs> well, that's uh, so easy, but yeah. people get tough on texting. You got to like, yeah. Rain them in. But I told her, I said, I'm old school. You know, I'm the guy who I'm not used to this social media stuff. You know, my clients all came from, you know, I do a party. You see what I do. You like what I do. Then call me, you know, yeah. like I'm not a, let me talk about myself and then, right. you know, I'll show you how good I am. You know, I'm like, I've always believed that if you talk the talk, you walk the walk and, you know, you can't, you got to have both or you, no one's going to want anything right. you got. So. Well, and I'm sure you're. You know, it's, you're, you're basically, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, you're running the sample bar at Costco here, try it and, uh, you might want it, you know, not, <laughs> yeah. not completely different levels, but I'm just saying that if people are there eating and seeing the service that you're putting out, yeah, that's an easy, that's an easy sale right there. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I could totally dig the fact that that, uh. uh gets them coming in, but now with but- nobody doing anything, yeah, I, that's what I said. Yeah, so I reached out as best I could and um, tried to get likes on my Chef Ted Facebook page. And, and you know, who needs a web page anymore? Just use your Facebook page. I mean, because you get the immediate, um, yeah. you can adjust it immediately. Well, and people are. I mean, my, my, my website page is like from 15 years ago. <laughs> no, it's not that long, but it's. it's well, and it's funny because a, a lot of people don't even bother anymore with the website and whatever. Like you said, yeah. you just leave it out there. So it's there. Yeah. Because you don't have brick and mortar. There's nowhere for anybody to go. But just seeing that you did have something on the web. Yeah. Or do have something sure. on the web. It's like, oh, okay, this might be real. Yeah. And then they'll, you know. The one thing in. I need to do is get a link for my Facebook on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got just the lady to handle that for you. Yeah. We, um. We do a lot of work with uh, Biondo. Denise Biondi is her name. Okay. Um, I'll get you her contact information. She does all my websites. I mean, very, very reasonable, really good work. Um, but then yeah, you connect all that shit and then you get yeah, pictures. I know. And- yeah. That's what I was saying about this whole, uh, you know, 
social media. I, I never really reached out to people that way. So this I've is a whole never new, used it. And, you know, I found it to be, you know, obviously it's, you know, with social media, you can open yourself up to criticism more too, right? Oh, yeah. So that's where, you know, it's kind of scary for some people that. Yeah, but um, even that press where they're commenting on stuff. And it gives you an immediate opportunity to respond to them. Yeah. And and if it's somebody who's not happy or this or that, you can either make it right or you can let people know that, you know, this person is just an asshole and they're never going to be happy anyway. Yeah. You know, because in the, in the and I've actually used that um, uh, a few times in one of my businesses where people are just not performing and they're overbilling or they're doing whatever. And you give them the, hey, man, I'm going to put something out on the Internet. I'm okay. not going to talk bad about you. Yeah. But I'm going to explain our interaction and yeah. it's not going to look good for you. Yeah. So if you want me to do that, it'll be out there forever. Yeah. But it, you know, if not, let's make it right. Where if you do something on Facebook and that's the only way that they can find you or whatever, then you can at least go back in there and say, here's what happened. Sure. You know, and, and, and try and explain it away. And, you know, I think a lot of those people that spend a lot of time, I mean, I, I actually have been looking at doing a segment on the show where I go into Facebook or Instagram because if you do something where like Donald Trump Jr. or Biden or or some of these people are the ton of, you know, hot topics, you go into their comments and you read them and you're just like, what planet are these people on? Number one, yeah. who has time to go through all this shit and, and comment like, like, oh, I'm the 17,000th comment on this one, but somebody's going to see it. And it's yeah. like, come on, get real. Nobody gives a shit, but <laughs> they're out there. And, and that's why I say even bad press is good press because- the more people do it, the more it pops up, the more it keeps coming up. And as they comment on Facebook, it, it keeps coming to the top. Yeah. And and there's some people that you're just like, God, I don't care anymore, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, so we've been using that and, um, it, for, we do a, that's, that was the, the one thing I do on Thursday for the Tuesday delivery is meant the more people, the more families that get involved, I divide the grocery costs amongst all of them, you know? Yeah. Based on, you know, so if I have less, it could possibly be more cost in groceries per family, the more I'm able to stretch it out a little right, bit. Right, right. Well, so, so, yeah, it's- Same uh, as if they were to go, you know? I yeah, mean, I, I it said- It is to, what it is. I said to uh, uh, Scotty B the other day, I said, people will go buy $250 worth of groceries and throw $75 away. I said, but if you have something prepared and created and it's meant to eat, it's ready to go. You're more apt to eat it than look in the For sure. fridge and see a bag of broccoli and go, well, what am I going to do with that? Yeah, it's looking a little <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Yeah. As my wife just comes off a $500 grocery store run. Well, yeah. it's the And it's hell. just getting more expensive. And I, I, you know. I think when you when you look at it that way, I mean, we did the Blue Apron thing for a long time. But you still have to cook, right? You still have to cook, which yeah. I, we kind of like. You yeah, know, that's fine. Especially right now with the pandemic, man. I'm telling you, I'm loving this. Yeah. My kids are stuck at home. Yeah. I mean, obviously not the, they're starting to loosen up now, but my two college kids are at home and they, they do go out, but they're always home for dinner and they're always, uh, you know, home early in the, in the evening. And it's like, if they, if it's, if this wasn't going on, It'd be, I'd never see him. Yeah. Never see him at all. My my daughter, whom is a, a senior, she's struggling with it a little bit because she's obviously a senior and this is going to be weird, but you know, it's going to be uh, a definitely a graduation year to remember because it's not going to be like any other one. Yeah. I feel but really bad for them. It's but. tough. It's really tough, but they're working on it. They, they, she's actually put together a little committee where they're going to, you know, okay. work on it. I actually, here's a good one for you. I was talking to somebody the other day. And uh, living in my my bubble, 
But the the kids have to log in in order to go to class. And I was talking with a guy who's in the know, and he told me that 10% of our student body in our school has not logged in yet. Oh, really? At all. Wow. They're saying that like local school, like YZ is not going to fail anybody. And okay. and I didn't hear that about our school, but can you imagine what's going to happen next year when they got to put this all back together with these students? Yeah. It's like, if if I'm a kid in school and, and I know that they're not going to fail me, I'm not logging in. Yeah. Like, it, really? Like, why bother? It's going to be interesting to see the sports uh, teams too. Wow. They're talking <laughs> baseball's coming back. Okay. Yeah. I think they said July something. Have you heard anything? I, you know, I, I heard they were uh, showing what uh, Korean baseball right now or something like that. Was it something like something that? Like something that, that yep. Yeah, but it's at like 12 midnight. So if you and then they put pictures of all the people <laughs> who would be in the stands. They put pictures of people on the seats. Okay. So it felt like there were people there. All right. But I had Terry uh, in the other day who uh, he works with the, the, with the Vikings. Sure. And he's like, if they do football with no fans... They're going to have to like mute the stadium and just have the announcers talk. Okay. Because there's such foul language <laughs> and crazy stuff being said on the sidelines <laughs> that it'll echo through the, through the stadium because there's no fans there. <laughs> he also brought up a really good point about um, uh, the, the uh, CTE uh, from concussions that, that the volume in these stadiums for the players that aren't even on the field are creating problems with CTE. Really? Because it's, and they have a lady, he's, well, a, a person on the field who has a red hat and they have a button that if they think something's wrong, somebody's hurt something, they can hit that button and it never stops. Like immediate stop. Okay. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. Like they're really, <laughs> they're really making some progress on it. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty interesting, but I, yeah, I think everybody's Joseph for some sports. Yeah. I mean, yeah. God. Well, I'm wearing my twin shirt today. So yeah, I no, gotta, well, you got to break it out. Otherwise, what are you? Gonna <laughs> I've already do missed a couple of games, so that uh, sucks. Yeah, have they talked refund or what do they do? Uh, I think um, I'm not the one who holds the ticket, yeah. uh, the season ticket. But I think what I've gotten from them is they're going to reimburse for either next year or extended games. They'll give you and fifteen percent. I don't know what that fifty maybe for the food stands or something. Well, I don't know where that goes, but I, I think it'll go back into the. I'm uh, I'm interested um, to see how they put it all back together. They're talking like uh, there's a NASCAR race that's going to happen here any day because they can kind of social distance on that and with no fans. Yeah, but it's almost weird to see these things being played with no fans. Yeah, it's it's uh, and I don't know what I saw. I saw some bowling right when it all started, but they still had like family and friends there. So it looked like some fans, but I don't know. We're just entering a whole new world that's going to be really interesting to adjust to because everybody's so used to the normal and we don't have normal anymore. Yeah. Speaking of race cars, I, I saw they were going to, the Indianapolis 500 was going to open up for uh, some high schools and they'll do their graduations. They come in, they get their diploma and they'll let them drive around the track. Really? Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's cool. Isn't that cool? I know there's been talk of people doing uh, up to brain drive in theater. Oh yeah. Which, oh yeah. Cause raceway's not around anymore. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, you know, I, it, it'd be cool. Come up with something creative like that. You yeah. know, these kids deserve it and uh, they've worked hard and I know they're, I know they're working on it. They've had some, some zoom meetings about it that haven't gone well. And I just feel bad. Cause like these teachers and the, and the, the kids next year, how to 
put it together. Like you missed a whole segment here because there are kids that aren't trying and don't, you know, log in or don't do their work. And, you know, sports like these kids that uh, are going to be seniors uh, next year or this year, you know, you don't get that last run. You don't get the last chance for the colleges to take a look at you, which by the time you're a senior, most of them should have looked at you already. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a different time. So, but we're nearing the end. It's coming to an end. I think uh, they're going to start loosening up. I was talking, I was in a meeting with a guy from California. He says some of their restaurants are starting to open up. Okay. Uh, but you got to keep certain distance. Yeah. Although I did see that Georgia had a thousand cases turn up in 24 hours. Just because they opened Just up. Just because they're open. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The well, media thing is bullshit. Or they're testing more. Yeah. Well, right. All the yeah. tests finally arrived and they're finally getting to the <laughs> bottom of it. But I, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we, uh, yeah, we, we clean a lot and, but, um, but going to a restaurant setting, uh, you know, is. But shouldn't we do a lot of this shit anyway? Yeah. Well, yeah. The spit shields at the, at the cashiers. I mean, shouldn't a lot of that be there anyway? Yeah. The days of sneeze guards are back. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I hate the masks, but. Yeah. But you guys don't, you guys have. Your own kitchen. You have yep. all the disposable stuff that you yep, we deliver use disposable in. and deliver, and they can throw it away. And so that's pretty, you know. So that's, uh, but the restaurants are going to have to go to more disposable now too. And I was talking to one of my neighbors whose wife works for uh, one of the big restaurant chains, and when they open up, they're going to have uh, disposable menus, and so people will, he said, check the box, and then hand it to the person. And then they'll just basically throw it away once it's done. So that's dumb. Yeah. And they'll probably have like, you know, disposable silverware and place, <sighs> you know, placemats. I Some mean, of the shit's going over the top. I got an email from a company that does tableware and all their stuff is geared towards disposable. Well, I know like I'll go to, I'll go to Lunds or Byerly's and you get one of their salads or whatever. And the friggin' bowl damn near disintegrates before you get out of the oh, yeah. out of the store. Yeah, yeah. It's and that kind of sucks. I've been I've been hitting some takeout, and uh, it's n- it's and, not always the same. No, no, and the portions are smaller. Well, not mine. <laughs> I might have to look into that. I know I I went to my favorite Mexican place, and I'm like, what? This is it? Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, it's it's. I I I don't know what's gonna happen, and and the some of the restaurants are closing, and. Um, you know, some are, uh, yeah, we'll see at the end of the, the day. It's tough. It's going to be tough. Now um, on to something a little brighter. Yep. So Ted and my children, our children, our kids play hockey together. I was there for all the stories that he told. All the stories. He is a witness. <laughs> no, what I'm talking about here is, is I would always catch Ted at the hockey game, looking at his phone, always on his phone. What are you doing on your phone? And you're watching. People open baseball cards. Football, baseball, sports cards. Set this up for me. What are we talking about? What's it called? Uh, it's called Vintage Breaks. and uh, Vintage Breaks. And they um, they basically buy into old, well, new and old packs. So you you don't have to buy an expensive old pack all into yourself if you want. You can buy one card slot out of the pack. And so, so they set this thing up. It looks like a poker table with the overhead camera. Yep. And then they have a box of tops, whatever, whatever brand. I don't even know. Well, and, it's and like, so like, you can buy into that box. Well, for an example, I grew up opening uh, 1984 tops football cards, right? And you got was that, was that your sweet spot football cards? You know, I was everybody else was opening uh, baseball and I wanted to be different. And I kind of 
I kind of dug football back in the 80s more than baseball, you all know? Right, all right. I think they lo- baseball lost me when they did that strike. Remember they didn't finish oh, that? Yeah. What year was that? I don't remember what year, but I they remember. lost me, you know? I was like a big baseball fan, and then... So I kind of jumped on the football bandwagon, but not so much lately, you know, like yeah, yeah. with all the drama. But um, but that was the 84 was the year Dan Marino and Elway had um, their rookie cards. So that was the hot, oh, hot item. Oh, and Topps was the, the company. Yeah. They and so I would, I remember going to buy packs and, uh, you know, up at the store for cheap, you know, like what, 25 cents back then. I don't know. And so now a pack will cost you unopened because there's not many of them around. They'll cost you like, uh, you know, 60 bucks for an unopened How pack. How many are left? Well, that's the deal. I mean, you can only open so many and then they're, you know, the price goes up, I'm sure, you know, as the but demand. You, so did they know these 84 tops, like there's four Dan Marinos out there still that haven't been opened. Do they know that or do they? Oh, there's tons of 84 tops still, but it just, it's getting diminished. But I mean, they even have packs from like the 60s. Uh, that haven't been open and really they go for a lot of money and so like let's say you, let's say you get a, an old 60s pack you know in a cello pack mm-hmm. never been open certified right and you know and then you buy there may be 15 cards in the the pack and then each person pays 150 bucks a card to get in but you're trying you could get a mickey mantle card that's never been touched Fresh out. So, I mean, you know. You, Who gets the gum? <laughs> well, there's some nasty gum. <laughs> it, it's bad. I mean, if, they have a whole archive of gum. Do they really? Yeah. They, they've one guy, one guy that worked on there, he archived all these gum and he has them labeled. And, and it's, it's a, it was a smart thing to do because I'll tell you, the gum ranges so much. <laughs> Is it gum? It's nasty. So, it's, like the Mickey Mantle pack, the, is that gum worth more than the other gum? No, no. Because it was near the Mickey Actually, Mantle what card? The, I, I was in a really old pack uh, once. It was like 19, I think it was a 1955 Bowman pack. The gum wrecked every card because it must have got saturated. But they, they reimbursed everybody their money back. But they, they can't predict that. You know, you open it up and they didn't have to give the money back, but that was the risk everyone took. Ah, the, the, in the early 90s, I worked at a pool hall that sold baseball cards. Yeah. And I, when I would work there, I would open a pack. If it had something good in it, then I'd buy it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it didn't have anything good in it, then it just never was well, there. That, with that said, you don't want to go on eBay and just buy from any, you know, like oh, an unopened. Yeah, you people, know you're all you're talking about is a sealed wax. They, they can open it up. Oh, sure. Through. Yeah. Oh, you, you I only thought of that. Yeah. And, and any baseball cl- or sports cards collector out there, there's only certain, you want to buy graded cards unless you really trust where the cards are coming from because there's replica cards out there that you couldn't tell the difference naked eye. Well, I so, know I had opened a Brett Hull rookie card. Yep. What year was that? Sleeved 80. it right away. Yep. And I left it in my buddy's car that night and somebody broke into his car that night and stole it. Ah, <laughs> I couldn't even believe it. Well, that's one of those Bunch packs. Of that's one of those packs. They open up a lot on there. Really? Yep. Yep. And is so, this like, I don't like, is there like 10 of you? card nerds looking at no, these things or no like, no no it's a They're, huge thing it's huge yeah the guy he started Leighton Leighton Sheldon is uh the guy who's uh he owns um just collect was how he started his business like 12 years ago and uh really good guy I've gotten to know him you know over the years or a couple of years that I've been um dealing with them and um they're just solid people. I mean, they're from New Jersey, 
and they'll they'll make fun of it every day. He's a Jets fan. That's a problem. But <laughs> so how many how many cards do you have in the collection? Me, I've got uh, you know reputable cards. I've got many complete sets, which is kind of what I was going for. Like I've got uh, nineteen sixty five complete baseball set. A fifty. I've got a nineteen fifty five Bowman complete baseball set. I've got you know I've got many different sets. What are they worth? A lot, and and it's hard to tell because. You know, someone that collects might only want the the best cards from a set. Yeah. But for me, I like the sets because they're complete and I value the whole. The and there's whole more value there if you have the whole set. Yeah. It, like, so let's say I were to, I wasn't around anymore and I passed them on. The, someone might take the set and just take the best cards out and then sell them. And then not, who cares what happens with the rest? For me, I value having a complete year set, which, you know, got to imagine Back in the day, there was only five cards per pack. Those kids that completed a set had to buy a lot of packs of cards. Jeez. So, you know, I just really, my whole collecting came from my dad saying, oh, I had that Mickey Mantle card. And so I collected in the early 80s. And I collected when cards were, I, I opened Dan Marino and I still have them in my John Elway. Well, they're still making new ones, right? And the new ones are a whole different story. It's a... You know, they're selling the new ones they have are high dollar. Like they're, when you buy them, you have a chance to getting like a $20,000 card out of a pack, out of a box. How was that? <clears throat> it's like, you know, the, the new Zion Williams, uh, you know, the rookie, uh-huh. his cards, poor guy, he came back and then the season ended, but his card value was off the charts. I mean, cause he's supposedly the new LeBron, you know, the, really? the newest guy. And so all these card collectors, they just go hog wild for, cause they want the new Michael Jordan, you know, chances yeah. are that, you know, your card of might be worth a thousand dollars. And then the guy goes and ends up being a Baker Mayfield and is not worth any, you know I mean? You kind of, it's a prospect thing. So, Damn. so you, you know, just have a big vault at your house, <laughs> like a humidor for baseball cards. Uh, my, you know, I just kind of, I have stuff in, um, uh, next time I come in, I'll bring some of my cards. Um, but, you know, I have a lot of my higher-end ones. They're graded by SGC or PSA. Those that's are, the thing, too, right? The <clears throat> grading companies, that's a yeah, there's, scam and a half, too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, y- you want to stick with those two companies. There's a, there's a lot of, there's Beckett, which is fine. but it, I've heard of that one. Yeah, Beckett's fine um, for quick grading. Uh, but if you want an accurate grade, because, you know, someone might say, well, I have a, a Michael Jordan rookie and it's an eight, but it's Beckett. Well, PSA or SGC would only grade it uh, probably a six. You know, the scale is not the thorough. same. Yeah. It, with, the, that, with that said, you, you have look. To send it to them? Yeah, you send it? it raw and then they grade it and they put it in a case. And uh, the grading scale goes from one to ten. Ten meaning you got to have a perfectly centered card. No scratches, no dings, no. So that's no a fact too. Effect. Then that they, they, it wasn't cut straight from the factory. Oh yeah, you can get ding. For, they won't even grade. I have a card. I have a card that uh, I opened on Vintage Breaks just for fun. Like is an old nineteen sixty six. They have packs from nineteen sixty six uh, first series Batman cards, which are really cool art cards. <laughs> this is such a yeah. Oh, it's, your wife's got to love this. Shit. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's art though. I mean, like this. Some of this old stuff is produced and um i have the the number one card right out of the pack it's supposed to be the highest dollar card i sent it in to get graded never been they 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 sent it back saying they couldn't grade it because it was not cut to size requirement 
So what does that mean? They cut it too small? It means they either cut it too small or cut it too big. So that's another factor. All these old, old when they cut old cards, no matter if it was football, baseball, hockey, back in the day, they, they, they would farm it out. So like you'd have a chop shop that would do crappy work. And you, you see the cutting on it's all over the board. There was the no whole underworld of <laughs> baseball cards out there. I had no idea. Yeah. It's, you know, and they say now with the pandemic that the people got into more of their hobbies and stuff. And so, and I believe and, it, nothing and, else would do. And I was kind of wondering how the market would be on the sports cards, but it's interesting. It hasn't, you know, because there's like websites where you go in and type in, I got a 87 tops, uh, you know, Bob Smith, and it'll tell you if there's any value there or not. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. PSA has their own price guide, which is um, great because their values are based on eBay sales. Oh, so, those are real. So actually, a lot of my um, collection, uh, all my graded cards, I have listed. They have, I literally can take my phone, put it up to their barcode on the on the display, oh. snap it, and it adds it to my inventory, and it um, it tracks what cards you have. And it's like, I'm serious. So it's like, <laughs> we got a, we got a code red here. We got a high level collector. That's an addiction, dude. Oh, it's, it's, it's a passion. Um, and it's, it's most certainly a community that I found out is, is if you are a collector or whatever, it's fun to, to talk to other people and there's websites, you know, to, you know, in, in these opening of packs, it's, it brings back nostalgia. It's a, you know, my son, um, they sent us a free, uh, a gift for a birthday gift or something. He sent me an unopened pack, a uh, latent of, uh, 1984 tops. So my son, we documented him opening it. He opened, uh, there's a Dan Marino and it. it was the funnest thing ever. Really? Yeah. What's get a fresh, worth? uh, you know, we, I said it's in to get graded, but if it's an, if it's a nine, which is, it's like $150 card, you know, but. Then for some reason, I don't know, um, Elway and Marino's value of card used to be the same. And Elway has taken, I mean, his stock went up way more. Really? Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah. I, I, that's a whole world. I don't I know. For some reason I have baseball cards or football. I don't even know what they well, are. Well, a lot of people do. And I don't know even know how I got them. Well, mine were in shoe boxes and I didn't look at them until, you know, maybe like six, seven years ago. And I, I, I've only been seriously collecting probably for the past seven years. So, but in that time I've, I've really, you know, it's, uh, I've really put a lot of money <laughs> into it. Well, it's, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> what is it translated into uh handbags for your wife? Like what's yeah, the, yeah. what's the denominator there? Yeah. She, you know, she, she gets on me. Are you done buying cards yet? And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I am right now because of the pandemic, but, you know, but I go back now and I, uh, I just look at what I've, you know, there's, it's a treasure hunt too. So, oh, the, sure. you know, I, I cool. well, here's the example. I, I, I bought a bunch of cards at an auction online, which is, you know, it's, it's, if you, if you were at a rep, if you're at a place buying at a reputable auction house, you trust that, you know, you're going to get the real deal cards. Sure, sure. So I bought some of these cards and some of it was just a complete set. Well, at the end of the auction, I was just kind of like, there's one card left. It was, it was an Ozzie Smith rookie card. It was a 1979 tops card. And I bought it, got it, got it, looked at it. It's nice. And I was sending off a bunch of cards to get graded at PSA. And I, it was literally like the last card I was going to send. 
I, I, I said, what, well, this looks okay. I'll send it in. Out of all the cards I sent, um, that got a nine. Whoa. Okay. And, and I'm like, whoa, that's, that's pretty good, you know, for a 79 card, being that most of them are cut crappy and all that. Um, so I looked it up and it's, it's an $800 card wow. all day long, you know, seven to 800, depending on who. But I paid, you know, like 15 bucks for it. So that's the kind of. What does it cost to have a card graded? Well, the, you know, you can sign up for the program and get some included uh, with it. But normally it's like seven to $10 a card. Jeez. But so you want a card that's worth, you know, grading. <laughs> but some people will just grade cards to hope in the future that they preserve the card to be of value. And that's right. what I was talking about. The Jordan with all the Jordan hoopla and the documentary, his cards have taken off. Really? Well, I got whole... his had some value to begin with. Yeah, right? they did, but now it's off the charts. So I, uh, I got, uh, I got, I'm caught up on that. I do. I do uh, think it's interesting because it really paints a picture of him being awesome but i'm a firm believer that he was awesome you know what i mean like yeah like he was uh really ah you know and i tell the kids i'm like eh, lebron eh, you know like yeah but then once i heard he did it himself like it's his own documentary you know then it's a little lopsided but there's a lot of shit there that i didn't know that i didn't follow because uh like their battle with the pistons I don't remember any of that stuff. No. I remember how awesome he is. Yeah. But I he he went through a game where he uh he uh put the Jordans back on. Oh, okay. Like after whatever. I think know. I had a pair of Jordans back in the oh, day. God, I wish I still so had ugly. them. They were ugly. But but they're worth a lot of money now. <laughs> People love those things. That's, I wish I would have uh, preserved those. Yeah. But he was sure. like by by halftime of this game he's like my feet are bleeding. Oh, really? But I yeah. can't take them off. <laughs> no, I can't. I got a thing. I got to stick with it. Yeah. So, but it's an interesting documentary. I really, uh, that was a special team, man. Holy snot. And that guy, yeah. even if he is a little lopsided towards himself, he works hard. Well, they uh, also, Pippin's cards have gone up and he was not he as- He got the shaft. Yeah. Well, according to the documentary. Did he? Yeah. And I think that's why um, his card value went up a little bit more is because- they're well, he giving signed him a, a huge contract, now. and uh, he signed a huge contract, and then he, uh, uh, or he signed a long-term contract, like a seven or eight-year deal, off when he was a rookie. Okay, so they're paying him rookie money, and he's locked in for this stretch. Even the owners, like I told him not to sign it. Why would you sign that? Yeah. Well, then seven years down the road, he's a superstar, and they're not budging on their money. They're like, "We got you." There's not a lot you're going to do. Yeah. And that's why he faked that stupid ankle injury at the end of that one year in the playoffs. It's like. Oh yeah, I don't remember any of that shit. So, <laughs> so anyway, we are rolling on uh, fifty minutes here, man. We got to cut this thing short. Why don't you give us a quick walkthrough on uh, how this process works for the folks at home who are sick of cooking, don't want to deal with it? What exactly do you do? Is there a menu out there? How do what? Give us a walkthrough. Give us your your uh, two minute commercial right here on well, the spot. <laughs> well. Basically, on Thursday, at some point on at the day on Thursday, we'll, we'll put a menu out there on Chef Ted Facebook. Um, if you haven't, if you can like it, that would be great. I think you just search Chef Ted on Facebook. Should pop up, like my page, and then it should show you the menu that we're doing for the following week. And then um, we will post it. We hope to hear from how who wants in. We got to let um, you know by when. 
Uh, I, I like to, you know, I'll take people on Monday because we don't deliver till Tuesday of the following week. But I like to shop a little on Sunday and Monday. So you to put get it out Thursday. Start. Thursday. You do the shopping on the weekend. Uh, thir- Sunday, thir- Sunday, Monday. I've got some other counts I do on Monday. And then you're delivering it on Tuesdays. I cook and deliver on Tuesday. So um, the menu consists of usually a salad. Um, and this is all based on four portions, unless people tell us differently, if it's more than four that they need, but we have really heavy portions. So if you're a family of five, it's fine. You know, um, you had me at heavy portion, (laughs) but, uh, you know, if, but if you feel like you have heavy eaters, you should probably let me know. Um, but so that we, we put out three, the salad for the family last couple days, maybe, um, we have a one entree with side dishes, two entrees with side dishes, uh, a third one, which we usually make more like a one pot dish, uh, like a, a stew or something like that. And then we have like a biscuit like this week. We did a gumbo, yeah. see, a shrimp and scallop gumbo with a, with a white cheddar smoked biscuit. And then uh, then we did a dessert this week with trace leche and caramel whipped cream. Uh, chocolate yeah, trace leche. leche, like people know what that is. It's it's a milk cake. It's a, It was for Cinco de Mayo, but we made trace a chocolate, chocolate trace leche. And... Um, so then uh, hopefully we'll get people to email me, actually, because I want to kind of have it in one spot so I can know who's ordering. So if they tell me on one place or another. It's, so once they get to the Facebook page, they can see kind of what the idea is for the following Yeah, exp- it explains it and how it works. And then, to and then email they just me. email you the order directly. Yep. E- well, they just e- there's no order. They just tell me they're in. And oh. I just need their address. And um and I ask that they try and be within a 15 mile radius of mound or right. maple plane because so I can't be running over. So the chef Ted band <laughs> can roll up in the drive. Yes. Yeah, and then so, you're just dropping it on the doorstep. Yeah. I bring it to the doorstep and then I hand, they can take the crate and then unload it and give it back to me. There's social distancing is not a problem. And um, we wipe them down when we get back the crates and um, ready for the next week. But, you know, we're, uh, we will work around people's allergies and stuff, but we, we have to kind of know that ahead of time. And, and if it's feasible, we'll, we'll adjust it. But I'm trying to make this sort of thing available to more families. And the more people, the more families we have, the groceries will be divided and hopefully be less per family, the more we can get. So do you have an average price that it's been? It's been right around a hundred to 110 per family for grocery costs. For? For, for all the meals. Okay. That's the grocery cost. The The fee that I'm charging for all the meals based on four portions is 140 plus the grocery bill, plus tax. And then some people add a gratuity for me running around. And, so how so. much uh, uh, the gratuity is necessary? How is the, uh, <laughs> so that's how many meals now? Break that down. Okay. For me so again. you're going to get a salad. Yeah. You get um, one entree with two side dishes. Uh-huh. You get another entree with two side dishes. You get a usually a one pot dish is our third one. We go for a chili, a stew. You know, it's we did a we could do a chicken dumpling. In so the you're future. looking at three uh, nights and a worth dessert. Of stuff. Yeah, three nights worth of stuff based on four portions. Damn. So I mean, it you know, all said and done, it's it's you know, it works out to be. I figured between, I mean. Based on, you know, the numbers, it could be anywhere from 20 to $30 per person per, per meal, per portion. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know. You're not doing anything. Yeah. You're yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to the grocery stores. Setting I'm and forgetting. prepping. I'm putting in containers. You're putting in your microwave or oven. You're finishing in 
and throwing the stuff, away, you know, the, the containers away. Yeah. We don't need so it's them. It's all back. safe and it's uh, safe. Yep. Delivered and, to the door and fresh. No, you know, preservatives and hell yeah. So I yeah. like it. Yeah. We, um, it's, uh, it's taken, it's taken off. We've had a pretty good run. Um, it was actually to the point where we thought about doing two days of deliveries. Um, but oh. since the weather got nicer, it's, it's, it's kind of, oh, uh, I you suppose, know, I suppose people, and, people and were grilling and, and she's loosening up. It's loosening yeah. up out there. So we're going to, I think we're going to continue to do it. Um, just because even with party, if when parties come back, I'll be working a lot of those on the weekend. This is something I can gear towards week, a weekday sort of thing. I'm telling so. you, man, fresh, happy, fresh, <laughs> healthy and delivered to the door. Yeah. Delivered. Come to the door, on. So. The commercial writes itself. <laughs> give us, uh, give us an email and a phone number in case uh, they are not Facebook friendly. Well, my email is chefthedmn.com and you can always text me or call me at 763-525-1700. All right. Well, we got to wrap this thing up, man. We can't thank Chef Ted enough for all the time, giving us the insight on what's been the new pandemic way. So everybody tell your friend about, uh, tell your friends about the show, tell them about Chef Ted and uh, tune in next week to see what's been happening on the DK project. Thanks, Ted. Thank you. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, thedkprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.